Welcome to the Pink Lemonade Stand. I'm your host, Heidi Webster, and I'm so glad you're here today to get a little zest in your step. Excuse me? We have a great episode for you today, so we're going to get your Monday started off right. I just want to say a thank you to all of you so much for joining me and listening. And if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend and make sure to subscribe. And when you hit that subscribe button, it ensures that every week on Monday morning, the episodes go straight to your phone or wherever you listen so you don't miss an episode. And whenever you leave a review, that actually makes a really big difference for a podcast. So I want to share a review that we got from Teacher Den. They say, this new podcast is short and sweet. I love listening to the good news and interesting, fun guests. I love this podcast. Thank you so much, Teacher Den, for that review. We so appreciate those reviews coming in, and it helps us get more attention on Apple Podcasts. So I really appreciate the feedback, and I would love to hear more. I would love to hear more from y'all. So remember to RRS, rate, review, and subscribe. Today's guest is so much fun, hilarious, and magical. I have got John Coulter here with me today at The Stand, and we talk about everything from his 20-year-long modeling career to his new career as an artist for Disney. He is talented beyond belief and has some hilarious stories from his modeling life, working with Cindy Crawford, Britney Spears, and more. We are getting into all the good today, so stick around. But before we do, I've got a great good news story for you today to give us all the good feels. So it's time for The Sweetest Thing. DoorDash Driver Saves Customer's Life During a Pizza Delivery. I love this story. All right, so... Sophia Furtado went from delivering a pizza to saving a life. Karen Sullivan decided to order a late-night pizza, and she waited for the delivery outside her home in West Island of Fairhaven, Massachusetts. Now, Sullivan previously injured her knee, and as she stood outside, she felt the knee give out on her, and she dropped to the ground, hitting her head on the pavement. She said to CNN, I just remember laying on my driveway thinking, this is pretty much over. And I was laying there and she looked up at the, she said she was laying there. She looked up at the clouds. There she was about to lose her life. Furtado, the DoorDash driver, pulled up to her house at 10 p.m. And when she saw that she was unresponsive and bleeding from her head, her previous emergency medical technician training kicked in. What what are the chances you order a pizza from a former emergency medical technician when that happens? This was fate. She yelled for help, and the husband was asleep inside, and he heard her yelling and came out. They called 911. They stabilized her neck and her spine and kept her there until the medics arrived. And she was hospitalized for three weeks and had two severe brain bleeds. And she is still recovering. But for Tato, the DoorDash driver who saved her life received a life-saving award from the Fairhaven Police Department and a 1,000 educational grant from DoorDash. She said, I was not expecting it it at all in regards to the accolades, and I I just would have done it for anyone. And 
um, Sullivan is so grateful and thankful to her for her life-saving skills and said, she is my guardian angel. I absolutely love that story. I cannot believe that those events happened in the order that they did. And so glad that the pizza turned out to save her life. Wow. My voice just got real high just then. Okay, well, if any of you have good news stories that you want to share with the class, we would love to hear them. We know there's a lot of good out there, and we want to highlight those beautiful, gorgeous, zesty stories. So email us at the podcast at gmail.com and send us your sweetest things. And now it's time for The Main Squeeze. John Coulter is an artist, sculptor, entertainer, model, fashion designer, and so much more, a man of so many talents. He worked at Disneyland as an artist in the entertainment art department and also moonlit as Prince Charming in the Main Street Electric Parade. He went on to play other Disney characters like Tarzan in the opening of cast of Tarzan Rocks in Disney World. John also has a 20-year-long modeling career that led him to work with models like Cindy Crawford, Naomi Campbell, and singers like Madonna and Britney Spears. You're going to love this man. I love him. Please welcome to the stand, John Coulter. I love it. I love it. You can clap that for yourself. Intro, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that bio. I, I love it. Thank you. Oh, my oh, God. So happy you're here today. This Me is too. so fantastic. You're Me in too. L.A., right? I am in L.A., and I am so ready for this interview. I've had 32 cups of coffee. So <laughs> one of two things is going to happen. I'm either going to have a heart attack in the middle of this podcast or shit, or shit my pants. <laughs> one of the I, two. You know let's, what? Hope, let's hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, I hope. Well, maybe the second one's not so bad. You know what I mean? Please don't die. <laughs> I'm on a cup of coffee too, so we're, I'm in the yeah. same boat. So my questions are going to be manic. We're both yeah. going to be manic. <laughs> right. I'm so excited to chat with you. What a crazy, amazing career you have. So many things, uh, all involving so many things, arts and, and all these talents you thank have. So you. I just want to dive right in. Like, let's, yeah. first of all, let's just talk about this really cool career as an artist that you have, like working as an artist for Disney in the entertainment department, how unique and how special, like just let's dive in and tell me about yeah. your time doing that as your career. How, what, what was that like? Well, how did it's, it's funny how it started. It's funny how it started because I'm going to digress a little bit because I, you know, like you said, I've been modeling for many, many years and my career just, the phone stopped ringing. You know how that just happens in your career sometimes. <gasps> Stop ringing. I didn't know what I was going to do because that's all I had done for like 20 something years. So you so, were a model first before? Yes. That was kind of yeah. amazing. So the phone uh, stopped ringing. Yeah. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I had some, this is crazy. I had some friends in Japan that were stripping at like a Chippendales place. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> of course, you guys, I need a job. I have this crazy mortgage. I'm doing it. So I went to Japan. I literally was going to be a, it was, it was called Jamin's, which was this crazy nightclub there. Not as risque as, as Chippendales, but I was going to be a male stripper because I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I mean, and yes. then, then the phone rang and Disney called and saved me from being a stripper. <laughs> Disney saved you from stripper they life. Did. So <laughs> it was just the right timing. I'm like, yes, yes, sign me up. 
I don't have to take my clothes off anymore. <laughs> and I started I eating it. cupcakes. That's the rest. That's the end of the story. And now oh I eat cupcakes. Oh my gosh. What, what happened then? I had done a little bit of artwork for a friend and I was using the same framer and printer randomly and Disney, uh, the Disney uses. And they saw my artwork and they're, they just thought, oh my gosh, she would be perfect for our characters. So wow. they just called me and said, do you want to be an artist for Disney? And you'll be showing your work in the parks and in the galleries. Um, and I was like, oh my God, of course I do. Because I grew up, I mean, I did go to art school before I started modeling. So I did have that background. And then I had the whole history of being a performer at Disney. And I grew up loving the, the films. So it was just a perfect fit. And I've been yes. doing it ever since. <gasps> Okay, so cool. So let's let's go back. Let's go back. I want to hear about. Tell me about your your time working in as as a model. Like this is so exciting. You did music videos. You did campaigns, ads, and you are quite famous for underwear modeling <laughs> oh for my Fruit gosh. of the Loom and Joe Boxer. <laughs> so right. um, your face and bod are still circulating out there today. So. Tell us about your modeling career. Just tell us about that whole life. I never intended to be a model. It just sort of happened. And then I love traveling so much that I just, it just continued. And I just, I don't know how 20 years went by doing that. It was just fun. And I loved, you know, you travel, you'd lived all over the world and the agencies would set up uh, places for you to live. So you just show up and they just, they have an apartment there ready for you. And then they just, Back in, this was even before cell phones. So they would give you a map and then they would give you a list of um, auditions to go on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you would just have to find your way around Italy or Paris, wherever you were, and just try wow. to traipse around the city, you know, with your huge heavy modeling book that they had <gasps> back then, you know, because nothing was online. Your book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the only reason why I know anything about that at all is because I used to watch America's Next Top Model. And oh. like, go set. It's time for you to go on a go see and you better yeah. not be late or whatever. So yep. that's <laughs> this hilarious. Was, you were like doing it, like actually <laughs> yeah. doing that. I did. I did. Yeah. Wow. How exciting. <laughs> and you were on America's Next Top Model, weren't you? Oh, I was on one episode where they just had challenges and I can't even remember what the challenge was. But yeah, it was just one of the challenges. But you know what's so crazy? It hardly paid anything. I was just doing it for fun. Yeah. And then you get, who would have known that I would, I still get residuals for that. Really? Nuts. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they're like 32 cents, but <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they're like a hundred bucks, but you know, I get them often and it's so random that it's airing in like other countries. And Oh my gosh. How exciting. <laughs> yeah. That show was the it back then, but um, right. it was like a very, and it was really, um, obviously, I think there were things that we're realizing now that were so problematic about it, but there were, yeah. it was a major insight into how hard that job is, right? Did you feel like you had that experience of things being hard or, I don't know, as a man, like, was, it's how was it? It's different for men. I, mm. I didn't have the problems that a lot of people run into. For one, I had legit agencies, so they... You're, you're just getting better auditions and castings and you don't have to deal with some of the CD photographers and, mm. um, but you know, you do come across, you know, in my whole time doing it, there were photographers that would hit on you or agents that would hit on you. And, um, but for the most part, it was, 
I didn't really have any negative things that happened to me. I think that's definitely more common with women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It wasn't hard for me. And like, I didn't, back then I didn't have to like diet, like some of the women had to, and to Mm -hmm. stay thin. And Mm -hmm. men just had to, I mean, men had it easier, honestly. We would just have to go to the gym. But when you're modeling, there's nothing else to do. Like I would go sightseeing and then I would go to auditions and then go to the gym. That was my life. Did you do runway as well? Yeah. Yeah. You did runway. Oh, yeah. You do it all. Um, The runway never paid as much, but they're always like, oh, it's everything was always, it's great exposure. It's great exposure Mm. for all those jobs that don't pay. And you're like, okay, okay. What would you say? was the the thing that was the most fun about it for you and then also the thing that was like that you hated the most about the job like the uh, two extremes oh uh, good question um obviously the traveling i loved the most um because you got to see the world and you got to live and experience all these cultures as a as a um, local not as a tourist because you're there for a, a long time one of the hard things is you're by yourself i mean you meet people along the way you meet other models and you make friends, but really you're by yourself most of the time and you're traveling alone around the world. So it, it could be lonely. You know, mm. that was probably the downside to that industry. And that's kind of why I wanted to stop doing it. I wanted to like have some roots and develop longer relationships and live in one place. You mm. know? Yes. It's so hard to have a profession where you're just traveling and as fun as it is to see the world too. I think I agree with you. It can get quite lonely at times. Yeah. Well, you know how it is. I mean, when you're in a sh- traveling show or a tour or something, mm-hmm. it's, you have that family base, but it does get hard with that, that kind of gypsy life. It's no different than a, you know, musical performer too. Oh you know? yes, absolutely. Same, same lifestyle. Do you have any like hilarious stories or anything that was like the funniest thing that ever happened to you as a model that was like unforgettable? Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got many, <laughs> but some of them that stand out off the top of my head, you had mentioned that I had modeled for Cindy Crawford. So I have to tell you that story. Oh, please. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tell me that story. So at the time my agency calls me like, John, you're booking a photo shoot with Cindy Crawford and she's only modeled with men one other time in her career. So this is going to, your whole career is going to be next level. So I was like, Oh my God. Yay. All excited. Get to the photo shoot. And they're like, you're going to wear these pants, no shirt. And then they handed me a Halloween mask that would look like this werewolf rat character. And I had to wear that mask <laughs> the entire photo shoot. So what? there is Cindy Crawford laying on top of me, sweating in a bikini. And I've got this mask on. So I can't even talk to her because I'm like, <laughs> she can't hear me through the mask and I'm not going to yell. <laughs> so we didn't have any conversations working together. So it was a huge, all everything I do, it's like, you get all excited and then there's something about it that's a letdown or it's something that's just busted about every job. You're like, oh my God, your expectations are always like, you know, you're, you're working with Cindy Crawford and then you're like in a mask the whole And time. let's cover your entire face. Yes. I was so bummed. Yeah. So when you see the ad, you're like, you guys, that's me. That's me. Yeah. That's my body. Yeah. Those are my nipples. Trust me. <laughs> Oh what was God. it like working with her? Was she, was she nice? Did you get to interact with her even though you were under the wolf mask? Super nice. I did. Yeah, once I took it off, I, I did. <laughs> anyway, she was very cool. She was super sweet. And then the, also the photographer was like, I'm sorry we're having you wear this. Because she was a famous photographer. Her name was Ellen Von, Un- Ellen Von Unworth. And she um, was like, I'm sorry you have to wear this. I will use you again for another ad. 
where you've done your your face is a covered up, and then of course you never did. But <laughs> next time they give you like the wolf costume without the head and just your face. I, yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that story is so funny. So I'm sure you had many random quirky things that happened to you like that throughout yes, your career. Yes, all the time, yeah. You should write a book. We need it. I, <laughs> the untold I stories. Yeah, right? Of the life of the model. Okay, so then you were faced, so after this beautiful, stunning career, you were faced with potentially being a stripper and then Disney called you. <laughs> <laughs> Save me. Yes. That is such a cool story. So so let's go back yeah. to, to the artwork and... And what kind of your path was going from there? You said, you know, you were doing fine art for them, going up in their galleries and in the park. And what was that like? Were, were you working from home? Were you working in their studios? Tell me more details about that. Yeah, it was basically I'm an independent contractor, mm-hmm. which basically just means I work for Disney, but get no benefits, <laughs> you know? Of course. So, um, so I do work. I have a home studio that I work out of. I basically get a paint all their characters from the movies and attractions at, Dis- at all the parks. And I get to do it in my own style, which is super cool that they're now allowing artists to use their creative license with their characters. Because normally, I mean, in the past, you had to draw them exactly to um, their stipulations, you know? Mm-hmm. And now they're really giving us a freedom, full freedom to design, re- kind of re- give them new looks, you know? Yes, Yes, and but, you go into the parks in um, like California Adventure and also Disneyland, and you see these galleries. Even I think Downtown Disney, right? And there's yeah, Wonderground. The, it's the called fine art that's there on the walls, and you can see these different styles. So is th- this is where your art is? It correct? is, yeah. And then we do signings there. Whenever we release new artwork, we go there and we get to do signings, and and that's always fun because you know you're you're secluded in your studio doing your art. It's very like solitary, like. Is that the word? Um, you, where you're alone, just doing your artwork. So yes, it's, yes. it feels good to get it out and get like basically get the love for it. You know, like people, yes. they just admire, they like the characters so much that they're, they get excited to see your work and it's Absolutely. super fun. And for them to own a piece of art and interact with the artist and make it more personal must be really exciting for them, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. Let's talk about the actual like, painting and art and the work that you do how do you come up with the the inspiration behind what you're going to do and how long does it take you tell us about that all right well because i'm what did you call it a adult culture a disney adult culture. disney cult <laughs> yeah because i'm a part of that like i never run out of ideas i just there's so much inspiration from their movies and the attractions that i just i have a million ideas always so it's not hard to come up with the concepts but I'll tell you what was challenging. I'm old and I was an old school painter who would actually use paint and paintbrushes. And it would take me, it could take me up to three months to do. I used to do these really detailed villain paintings and it would take forever. And there are all these young, hip, new Disney artists that were whipping their stuff out on, on the computer. Oh. And I was always so envious. I mean, I had no idea how to use the computer. Right. I never had done digital art, but I was like, I got to keep up with these kids. This, this <laughs> old dog has got to learn a new trick, you know? <laughs> so I now I do digital art and oh my God, I feel it's so easy. I feel like I'm cheating to tell you the truth. It's so, it's wow. such a great tool. So I've been doing a lot of digital art now and it's cut the time. I mean, I would say in half, but 
more than that. So wow, wow. it's pretty cool. I still paint with traditional paint on occasion because I just miss that uh-huh. that technique. When you do a digital art, does it then get printed out onto a canvas from there? How does it work? Yeah, it does. They Disney takes the art and they'll print it on. They do all different price points. So they'll do a, a, an expensive camp, the uh, print where they do it on canvas. That's called a jacle. And then they frame those. And then they'll also do one that's matted on, they'll print that on paper and then mm-hmm. they do postcards and they'll like, um, put it on, you know, t-shirts and mugs and yeah. Make that merch. Get right. That merch. They do. So wow. how long yeah. did it take you to learn the digital art form? Oh my God. Well, honestly, it didn't take that long because it's such, it's such a friendly user-friendly tool. Um, but I would have my, my little, and I do it on the procreate, which is crazy. I do it on my little iPad. It's nuts. And then I just had my YouTube, um, on my computer. I would just, whenever I had to figure something out, I'd watch a YouTube video (laughs) and I learned, I learned on YouTube. Thank so, goodness for you too. We can learn how to paint and, and do surgery. We can learn it Seriously. all. <laughs> as an artist and as a, in working in that medium, do you feel the same kind of satisfaction using the digital art at, as opposed to painting? Yeah. No, I, I, I don't. Because I think it's, that's that old school thing in me where I just, I love to mix the paint. It's just, it's just, it's not the same. It's completely different. Um, yeah, but I love how fast I whip this stuff out now. So, yeah, crank you know, it out. Yeah, so it's a trade-off. That's why I still sometimes paint to get that to fulfill those artistic mm-hmm. needs. I still will paint. What was your favorite piece that you ever did, and what was also your most challenging piece that you ever did? Probably one of the most special pieces I did was I did a painting of Walt Disney uh, with all these different Mickey's behind him, and in order to get a painting of Walt Disney approved, you have to, it, has, it had to go through his daughter, her daughter, his daughter. So Diane Disney approved this painting. And um, it was actually the last painting that she approved of Walt Disney before she passed away. Wow. So that made that painting really special because she approved it and loved it. And it just made it that much more special. Where is that painting now? You know what? I don't even know because it was in the Wonderground Gallery and somebody bought it. And half the time, I don't even know where the originals, where they go, who's who buys them. So wow. I don't know. We got to track it down. I know, right? I wish I knew. I'd love to see it. I do love seeing my artwork on people's walls. And that's what's cool about Instagram is they will, people will post, you know, the their little, my art on their wall in their house or their living room, kitchen, whatever. Yeah. It's so cool to see that. I love that. Okay, what about a challenging one? Did you ever like find yourself in the middle and like I can't like trouble finishing it, or was there ever something that was like, oh, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I think honestly, I think that happens almost every single painting. You're like, what? <gasps> really? Like, and also the really detailed paintings. Every single time I would do one, I would be like, why did I choose? You know, I chose this. Why did I make it so difficult and want to do this really detailed style? It drives you crazy and then you finally finish it and you're like okay it was worth it but i'm ready to do something else right now like you need a break um yeah you know what i think no matter what kind of art we're talking about whether it's painting or music or something you're creating something every single artist is like 
I want to put this in the trash. (laughs) (laughs) And then you you can revisit it and then take shape. But I think you're not alone there with that one. Yeah, Um, that's probably true. (laughs) Was there ever a piece that you were like, it was meant for the gallery and you're like, I want this. I want to keep it because I love it so much. Oh, you know, it's funny. I don't even own one piece of my own Disney art in my house, (gasps) which is weird because you would think that I would have something sentimental in my house. But probably, you know what? It would be the first piece I ever did for them. That was probably the most special and the most exciting to actually, I did a Snow White piece and for it to be, to be an official Disney artist was a complete dream come true. So it was the very first painting I did for them was just, I just couldn't believe that I was actually a Disney artist. Wow. So. Yeah. That has, that's a special moment. That's really it was, cool. Yeah. And because oh. I was such a Disney fan growing up and, you know, perform there and stuff. I had such a history with them that it felt like a really a full circle moment. You know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Not, and then being a contributor that's actually like, you know, part of part of the Disney um, stamp and the culture and people are taking that home and, and it's in their yeah, home. It is. I am very thankful and it is special for sure. Okay. So I want to, I want to uh, take a quick turn and I want to ask you a question that I ask all my guests here at the Pink Lemonade Stand about challenges. Challenges. It's our lemons to lemonade moment here oh. at the Pink Lemonade Stand. <laughs> How do people turn lemons into lemonade in their lives? So I'm going to ask you, John, was there a moment in your life that was challenging and how did you navigate that? How did you oh get through it? If you don't mind sharing. Gosh, yeah. Life is just hard in every chapter that I feel like there's challenges, but fairly recently I've just experienced like profound loss and I, I lost two best friends within a, within a year. Mm. And I mean, there's nothing more challenging than like that deep grief. So you just, you, you wonder, I mean, you feel like a crazy person because mm. all the things that grief does to you and how it affects you. And you just like, yeah, you wonder how are you going to function as a normal adult work, pay your bills when you like, it's hard to explain. It's like, you're not even, it, I mean, it changes you and you have to figure out who is this new person and, and like, how do you navigate through that? And, mm. and it really just took a lot of time and focus on, the gifts you have and focus on honestly. So like when something like that happens, you have to, I'm not, I'm not a religious person at all, but I'm, I would say I'm spiritual. And when something like that happens, you question everything. You question God and you're like, where is he in this? How is this happening? Right. Um, But the cool thing was I figured, I mean, this is the way I look at it where God was in that was, it was all the love that was around me. And when something like that happens, your friends and your family, they, they, they show up and it, it's all that love that gets you through everything. I really appreciate you sharing that. And when you said, you said, um, who is this person? Who is this new person that, and when you're talking about yourself being in it and sitting in it and you have these moments where you're like, life will never be the same, right? You're faced with that reality. And it's really overwhelming to think about how how life cannot ever go back. I think that's a part of the grieving too, in a way, wouldn't you say? Is like, you think about the loss of the people that you won't see again, and it's almost so overwhelming when you realize 
how great of a change this is. That's another aspect of grieving all in itself. Yeah, it is. That's a good point because you're losing a, like my friends were so much of a part of, part of me and I'm losing that. It was like I lost part of me. Exactly. And mm. you have to figure out who am I now? And mm. am I going to like this new me? Are people going to like this new me? And I mean, it works out, but it's, <laughs> it's tough. Oh my it God. It's so tough. And <laughs> I think, I think the, for people who have been through grief and really understand it, it just adds, it's just, it's so painful that it adds this layer to you as a human that you won't ever be the same again. And once you are able to um, kind of move through that pain, because it never goes away, really, you just kind of move yeah. through it, you become a new version of yourself, but maybe a better version. I don't know. What would you say? A, a, a layered and more understanding. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a better version just because you've come through it on the other side. So you know that it's just possible to have that amount of loss and you could still find enough joy in the world to keep going. Mm -hmm. So it just, it really did give me an, a, a new appreciation for things that you take for granted. And it also makes you less... <laughs> This, this may sound the opposite of what I, you would think, but it made me less tolerant in some ways and patient because you don't ha you realize that you don't have time for all the bullshit, you know? Mm. So yes. you kind of would get rid of toxic relationships and you make different choice, better choices with your time because you realize how valuable it is. Right. Especially when you're faced with anything existential, you know, mm -hmm. like life is short. Yeah. And how am I going to live my life now knowing this? Yeah. Yeah. I I really appreciate you sharing this today. This is real. Oh. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really inspiring Thanks. to hear. And I know that there's a lot of people listening that will benefit from your words and from your story. So I'm just oh. so happy. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so much for sharing that. Okay, yeah. John, we have come to my favorite part of the interview. It's time to get juicy. Ooh, yeah. We're going to do some juicy. rapid fire questions <laughs> for oh, you. No. The pressure, <laughs> the pressure of it all. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm going to ask you some questions. I want you to answer them as fast as you can. Say the first thing oh. that comes to your mind. Are you ready? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Here we go. First question. Who is your favorite Disney villain? Oh, Maleficent. <gasps> Ooh, good one. Okay, yeah. next question. Tokyo Disney Sea or Disney World? Ah, Tokyo Disney Sea. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> next question. <laughs> favorite model you have ever worked with? Oh, Cindy Crawford. Oh, Cindy. She's, yeah. She loves a wolf mask. Um, <laughs> next question. If you were a cake pop flavor, what would you be? <gasps> oh my God. Vanilla with white frosting and sprinkles. I love it. <laughs> Last question. Would you rather be a judge on Project Runway or America's Next Top Model? Oh, Project Runway. <laughs> okay, you did it. Um, 
I did it. Yes. That wasn't, that wasn't so tough. All right. Tell the listeners what they need to know about anything that's coming up for you and where they can follow along with you. Okay. Well, I'm on Instagram and that's where I have all my shenanigans and it's just John Coulter Designs. John Coulter Designs. Okay. We'll we'll link this in the episode notes and there's your beautiful website, johncoulterdesigns.com, which you can see his amazing Disney fine art. Oh, John, this has been the best (laughs) time having you at the stand today. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. We have saved the zest for last. This is where I'm going to share some things with you that this week I am obsessed with. And it pretty much always comes back to my favorite shows that I am loving. It's either a show or a podcast or a book. Um, There's some new shows that just came out on HBO Max that you got to check out. They may not be your cup of tea, but maybe you'll like them. My friend Kat Hennessy showed me a preview for this new show called The Baby on HBO Max. It is like a horror comedy. I don't know how those two can be mixed together, but they definitely are. So it's called The Baby. I'm not even going to give you... I can't, I can't even explain it to you. So you go watch the trailer. It is such a crazy mix of genres, but it is so funny and also just like so wild. And then there's another one that just came out that is a remake of a famous book and movie called The Time Traveler's Wife. I was obsessed with this book when it came out. And I believe that Rachel McAdams and Eric Bana played the lead characters in this movie that came out a long time ago. I can't even remember. But I just saw that they remade it on HBO Max, and I watched the pilot episode last Sunday night, and it is fabulous. I'm really excited to see how this series goes. I think both of those episodes come out every Sunday for the baby and for the time traveler's wife. So if you're looking for some new, fun, interesting shows to watch, those are on HBO Max. And the episodes come out weekly on Sunday night. So go check it out. I don't think you'll regret it. Okay, that's our show today. Thank you so much for stopping by the Pink Lemonade Stand. I'll be here every Monday morning. And I would love it if you would squeeze that subscribe button, leave a five-star review, and follow along on Instagram at the PLS Podcast for some sweet treats throughout the week. Now, when you are feeling like an old bitter rind, remind yourself, remind yourself that you are a gorgeous and delightful and fabulous glass of pink lemonade. Oh yeah, and don't forget, you better go out there and squeeze the day. Bye. Pink Pink, Pink, Pink Lemonade Stand.